This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Well, what a week this past week was. And uh, I'm getting some email already. This is the time in the show when we open up the phone lines, get a conversation going. And I'm still quite torn whether people want to talk about politics. A lot of people joining the conversation on LNG, on the fighting between our Premier, uh, John Horgan, and BC Green Party leader Andrew Weaver. The question still remaining, will Andrew Weaver topple the government on LNG if John Horgan doesn't change his mind, doesn't change course? And we talked about this with Martin Brown a bit earlier on in the show. Uh, John Horgan has nothing to lose. If Andrew Weaver decides to bring down the government and waits for the next budget vote, confidence vote, and does that, imagine how that could unfold. My guess is John Horgan would get a majority government. He'd be going up against a liberal party that would have a brand new leader. It's been a bit of a rudderless ship for the last little while. The Greens, even though, as Martin Brown mentioned in one of the latest opinion polls, they're showing a bump uh, up to even as high as 27 percent. The Greens could be destroyed in an upcoming election, depending on things play out. And ironically, it would be a first-past-the-post election. It would be the very thing they've been fighting for. I would imagine that's uh, passed through John Horgan's mind a couple of times. Let it ride. He hasn't changed his position on LNG. It seems if he doesn't change it and scale back, Andrew Weaver has to follow through on his threat to bring down the government, because imagine if he didn't. Imagine then if Andrew Weaver backed off on his threat to topple government, then we wouldn't have we wouldn't believe anything he said in the future. We would have to question every time he made a threat and assume it's an empty threat. We'd go to an election. Again, my guess is it would be an NDP majority. Who knows what would happen to the Greens and the Liberals would continue rebuilding their party. It's as though the NDP would have absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain. Well, if you want to talk about that, by all means, give me a call, star 9898 on your cell phone, 604-280-9898, and 1-877-399-9898 is a free call for you this morning. Uh, We've also been talking a lot about what's been happening with the Me Too movement around the world. And right here in Canada, uh, we saw as far as the uh, toppling of politicians, Patrick Brown probably being the most prominent in Ontario, and uh, the suspension of Paul Bliss with CTV, and uh, so on. So I'd love to get your take on that as well. And we touched on this earlier when we were chatting with Tamara O'Doherty, who is with the SFU Department of Criminology. Uh, Is it okay in your mind for people with allegations, mainly women, and I'm not suggesting in any way we are not believing women in these cases, but if you are coming forward with an allegation And it's an allegation in this case, the case of Patrick Brown, that ruined his career. Is it okay for you to make that allegation on to the media, first of all, not to the police, to the media and completely anonymous? If you have something to say and you were talking about this and we're not talking about a crime, we're not talking about a rape. We are not talking about a violent sexual assault. We are not talking about a crime of the person. We're talking about an allegation of inappropriateness. Should you have to show yourself? Should you have to identify yourself if you are coming forward to do that? So we're talking politics. We're talking uh, Me Too. We have a lot of things that have been unfolding this week. Uh, Let's go to the phone lines. And Rob is on the line. Good morning. Good morning, Jill. Um, First, I think the a lot what we're hearing from uh, Mr. Weaver is a lot of bluster. Uh, Probably a dog whistle to rally his troops to 
to take his position on the LNG, which he's very, you know, as correctly pointed out by the Premier, he's very passionate about. But he is not going to bring this government down until after at least we have the PR, promotional representation vote, because if he doesn't get the PR vote before, and the Liberals do either get a majority or they get a minority government, guess what? The framework of that question will be set in such a way that it will fail again, which is what they did last time. Now, the other question I have to ask is this. If it's regarding the LNG, and in the throne speech, it's the objection to that, uh, how are the Liberals going to reconcile the fact that they support LNG, especially in, in the northern region where a lot of their votes are from? Uh, are they going to vote against the, the, the legislation that promotes LNG, or are they going to vote in, in favor of it? If they vote against it, it's pure political interest, and everyone's going to see that, and it may backfire on them. Yeah, I've thought of that as well, too. But, you know, it's not the Liberals' job to prop up the NDP. It's certainly not their job to keep the NDP in power, and they're not going to do that. It's certainly, uh, they're not they're not the coalition. It's the Liberal, or sorry, the uh, NDP and the Greens. That's true, but it's saying, having said that, they go into a campaign saying that they voted against the LNG. Good luck trying to get some of those seats up in, up in, the, in, uh, you know, in the, uh, the north where those, those jobs are, are essential and what they've actually, to the core, ran on the last election on it. They uh, have it as part of their, their platform going forward. LNG is still the thing that's supposed to be the great uh, savior of this province. So I don't know how they can reconcile that without really looking as if it's strictly partisan politics which is not in the best interest of B.C., which is what's happened in the last 16 years. Although the, the argument would be, I would imagine, that it is. They're certainly not going to abandon their stance on LNG, but the argument would be voting on a confidence vote, bringing down the government. I would imagine they would say it is in the best interest of B.C. and moving forward from that. If, if the NDP is smart, they'll bring this legislation as a separate legislation and don't tie it to the throne speech. And they can certainly do that. There's nothing wrong with that. All right, Rob, thanks for the phone call. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, let's check in with Ed on the open line. Good morning. Uh, good morning. I, I caught the tail end of your interview with Martin Brown, who I, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, but uh, my, my take is, uh, Mr. Weaver, I mean, much like your last caller, I feel that if he really wants to uh, make uh, an impression long term on whole climate change and those issues, he's best to. Uh, get the proportional representation vote. If they win, then he will be a force. The Green Party will be a force for a long time to come. If the vote fails, then he can bring down the government. Right, but that's not something that can happen tomorrow. And, and I agree with you. And I've said this before, although now I'm kind of questioning it, that uh, Andrew Weaver will do anything and go along with anything with this government uh, to get to the end game, which is getting proportional representation to get more green seats. But he seems to have kind of backed himself to an, into a corner because he's now huffing and puffing, saying, if you go ahead with LNG, I will bring down this government. And if he doesn't follow through with that promise, uh, that threat, then where does he stand? He has to follow through with that now. No, but I think you know you can you know you can kill two birds with one stone. He can get both issues dealt with by saying I'm going to bring down the government. It's just I will decide when. And the point is, LNG isn't going to happen tomorrow. I mean, right now it's in the tank as far as even being a viable economic issue. I mean, it won't be a viable economic issue probably for three or four years. So the, 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 to bring it down now serves no purpose. It serves no purpose whatsoever. It's just a bunch of uh, testosterone talking, and it shows really no basic political common sense. 
Right, but he has said that if the premier doesn't change course on LNG, he will bring the government down. And I'm just saying, if he doesn't follow through on that, then he then then what is his word worth? Well, he will bring the government down. He's just a matter of when. All right, Ed, thanks for the phone call. Phone lines uh, remain open. Star 9898 on your cell phone, 604-280-9898. And one 399 9898 is a free call for you. And uh, did get this email from Chester, one of our listeners, saying, Good morning. I am sick and tired of Andrew Weaver, and in no way is he the same as Horgan. Bring on the election to get rid of the loser twins. There you go. Not a big fan of uh, Andrew Weaver. Uh, Another listener writes to us, we should be focused on the biggest lie being pushed by people like Mr. Brown and Andrew Weaver, and that is, if Canada reduces our greenhouse gas emissions to zero, we will not have any measurable effect on the Earth's climate. That makes carbon tax something that needs to be eliminated, not increased, and the legislated cap on emissions needs to be repealed. And we should be moving forward to get our LNG resource to market. How arrogant to say that 400 jobs don't matter, particularly in northern communities, and who would also directly benefit greatly during the construction phase. Phone lines are open for the next few minutes. So many topics out there. I didn't narrow it down to just one today because from the amount of email on the various topics, whether it's renaming schools, whether it's LNG and the ongoing fight between Andrew Weaver and John Horrigan, the Me Too movement, the number of politicians, journalists we saw this past week resign or be forced to move aside. In some cases, well, the case of Patrick Brown based on two anonymous allegations and where a crime was not even suggested at that point. Um, I am curious your thoughts about that and your thoughts about what we have seen, not just in the past week, but leading up to this point as well. So the phone lines are open, star 9898, 604-280-9898 and one 399 And Glenn has been waiting on the phone lines. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. Well, Mr. Weaver... Uh, I don't think you've got what it takes to uh, bring the government down until you get your wish. And I quite frankly hope that the people of this province are paying attention, that the, that uh, what you want, you know, your proportional representation, coalition governments, aren't going to work. We're going to be stalemated, and I hope that it gets resoundingly shot down and we can get rid of you. I mean, Miss May and you seem to be like fairly... Uh, I don't know if you went to the same school of uh, trying to be leaders, but it's not really working out because there's a little bit maze in the in the news lately. But uh, I hope that people realize that this isn't going to work, and you get resoundingly shot down, Mr. Weaver. I'm tired of listening to your voice, so that's my comment. All right, Glenn, thanks for the phone call. Interesting, when we were talking with Martin Brown earlier today, and he did mention the latest poll, and I think we all know that we need to take polls in many cases with a grain of salt, uh, that put the Greens possibly as high as 27%. And again, that is just one opinion poll. But uh, we talked about this as well. I'm uh, curious as to how this is going to play out. It does not appear that John Horgan is going to change his mind or change his direction. He called from South Korea this past week or on Friday uh, saying, absolutely, he's getting good advice. He disputed that claim by Andrew Weaver, and he does not appear to be backing down. So if that is the case, and Andrew Weaver follows through on bringing down the government, what happens next? We have an election and get an NDP majority? That's how I think it would play out, in which case John Horgan has nothing to lose. Why would he 
not go for that. Uh, continuing on, uh, whatever is on your mind, uh, we still have a few moments for the phone lines to be open. Uh, you can email as well, but let's check in uh, with Ellen. Good morning. Hi. Hello? Hi there. Go ahead. Uh, hi, my name is Michael. Um, I hate to say this, but I'm getting a bit fed up with the Me Too movement. It's starting to become a witch hunt that any woman can say anything against a guy, proven or not, and that man has to give up his whole livelihood, career, and everything based on allegations rather based on true, solid evidence. Do you, so you think that it's, should somebody be allowed to make an anonymous allegation? No. Um, no. For example, somebody got um, accused yesterday of something that happened 12 years ago. So we got to go back 12 years now? And maybe it was something dumb. He might have said, oh, you look good today. Or um, or what else could he have said? He could have said, um, can I take you out sometime? In 12 years, in 12 years, move on. And then she remember it, and then he has to give up his livelihood. What is that man that moved on, has a family, and never even thought about that? Go, oh, I was dumb back in those days. All right. <laughs> Michael, thanks for that. Um, I do say, uh, and, and the, the issue of timing has come up several times, and I get what you're saying. However, it's not saying uh, he complimented me 12 years ago. That is not what's leading to the dismissals, to the uh, resignations. And if a crime was committed... If it was 12 years ago, if it was last week, if it was five years ago, the crime was still committed. And I think there's a big difference between putting it into context for today. A crime is a crime, whether it's a rape or a murder or a robbery, what have you. If it was committed, it was committed and it should still be brought. There should be still some justice in that. I think where we get a little murky or where there is an issue is when we take historic things and try to try them under today's standards. And I'm not talking about a crime. I'm talking about, sure, maybe telling a woman in the workplace to smile more. It's not acceptable. You should never do that. Maybe 20 years ago, you could do that. I'm not suggesting we hold somebody to the same standard that, or say that we should go back in time and impose today's standards. Thankfully, we've grown a little bit. We've moved forward in that regard. Uh, let's continue uh, on the phone lines. And my apologies. I called Michael Ellen. Now we are actually with Ellen. Ellen, good morning. Yes, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, yes, I'm sitting in my car here just just waiting to get a cup of coffee, and I'm listening to your program. Um, I think uh, it's totally not a, good, not a good thing to stay anonymous. They have to come forward. They have to show their faces. They have to explain it because, you know, this is just getting, it's getting it out of hand. And to be fair, there is a huge difference. In the case of Patrick Brown, we have two women who who are alleging inappropriateness. They are not alleging a crime took place. They are alleging that he was very inappropriate with them, which happens, unfortunately, all the time. If a crime had been committed, if if somebody is making the allegation of rape or sexual assault, then the place to take that, I think, is not the media. It's the police, in which case your identity. Yes, you're coming to the police, but your identity is kept hidden. It, it, there is a publication ban. There are checks and balances in place to protect women for that very reason. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree with that. So I do hope that there is some some power behind this that they have to come forward because this man's life is totally ruined, which is not fair. I think that, you know, the the whole me thing um, is a good thing. And I totally am behind it, but it, it, I don't know. I thought this was just a little too far. 
All right, Ellen, thanks uh, for the phone call. Appreciate that. And I want to make sure that's very clear as well. And talking specifically about the Patrick Brown case, and I am not talking about cases where, again, a sexual assault is being alleged, where abuse is being alleged, where a crime is being alleged. But in this case, and if you read through the accounts, if you read through the two allegations that were made by women anonymously to CTV, and that's where the story uh, first came to light, uh, the allegations are, yes, he was inappropriate. Uh, he was He's guilty if what they're saying is true, and we have no reason to believe it's not. But if, if everything they've said happened exactly the way they are saying it happened, uh, he's guilty of not reading the cues. He's guilty of being pretty creepy. Uh, he's guilty of making a pass at a woman. He is guilty of trying to have sex with a woman. And But he is also uh, found, if, again, these accounts are exactly how it played out, of stopping when he was told to stop, which is the exact thing we are telling men now you must do, which we've been telling men all along you must do. Uh, So I am curious. There is no allegation of a crime. And how does he get to defend himself? There is no place. There is no forum where he gets to defend himself. I I get that he had to resign. I get that the party had to get rid of him leading up to the election in Ontario. They couldn't have this cloud hanging over him. But I do wonder what happens now. How does this move forward from here in this particular case? And again, I am not lumping this case in with others where there is the allegation of a crime that took place, where there is an investigation, where police are involved. And if that is the case, then the place to take those allegations, the place to take your concerns, your complaint, is law, is the police, is not the media, and to do so under a veil of secrecy, under anonymity, which is not brave. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.